Locked on Boomer in the morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Eight oh five, Rick Ball, the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet, will be joining Matty Rose at nine oh five. Flames off today. Practice tomorrow. Devils Wednesday, Sabers Friday, and then off to Vancouver on Saturday. Three and four, but some uh, well earned rest ahead of that. It's heartbreaking watching the war in Ukraine and not knowing what to do, how to help. Well, here's something you can do right now. UNICEF is on the ground supporting children in Ukraine, and they're asking for help. They've been responding to conflict in Ukraine for years, and they're committed to staying and delivering emergency assistance, but they need help to do it. Donate to UNICEF to provide critical life-saving care to the children and families of Ukraine. You can do it right now. Donate to UNICEF, Canada's Ukraine Emergency Fund, at UNICEF.com. CA. Uh, back to the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. Oh, sorry. What was that? We got Wes in a moment. Uh, it is Boomer in the morning for Great Wolf Golf Course. No boom today. It is Ryan Pinder and Rhett Warner. There's so there's Wes Gilbertson. Wes, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're all right. Uh, it's, there's a lot going on here. We got uh, guys acing 17 at the players. I know you're a big golf guy. That It's I don't, I don't mind golf at work, but, boy, I, I sure could have used some more golf Thursday, Friday last week. Busy weekend for the Flames. Trade deadline in a week. Feels like there's lots happening. Tom Brady's back. Yeah, that retirement didn't last very long, did it? No, 60 days, I think. He said, I don't know how I'm going to feel in six months. I, he's going to be playing. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be like lined up in the pads. That's how he'll be feeling. It, it always seemed like it was going to circle back to this, but I, I at least thought he'd keep it going a little bit longer. Yeah, I think he said 45 earlier in his career, and we all kind of scoffed, and he's this close. He's not going to not go to 45, right? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, how are you? What, what's been going on? This has been a busy beat. We talk about other sports uh, for the Flames. Five and seven days last week in eight games in the first 13 days of March. They, they got through that slog uh, with yesterday's shutout loss in Colorado. Yeah, you know what? And I keep telling people who ask me about the schedule, like, I – I'm exhausted by how much hockey I've been watching in the last little while. So I can't even imagine how the players feel. And, and I think you really saw it last night. Like that, that was a, an admirable effort. And, and that even sounds dismissive of it. It was, it was a really good effort with what I thought was not their usual polish or execution. You know, there were a lot of fan shots in the slot uh, there were a lot of breakouts that just sort of fell apart and circle back and grab the puck and try it again. It just it didn't really look like the Flames team we've seen, uh, despite the shot volume in Colorado's end. And I think that has a lot to do with, with just the fatigue of the past week and, and even longer than that really starting to set in a little bit. Uh, no Shillington this weekend. That was a bit of a surprise. Uh, walk us through how you learned about that and what you thought of Michael Stone and the absence of Shillington. You know, it sounds like everyone found out about it very last minute. I, you know, I watched an interview that Michael Stone did with uh, with Brendan Parker of the Flames yesterday, and, and he even kind of alluded to the fact that he, he had no idea he was about to go in. I, You know, for a guy who had played two games this year, you know, one in October, one in December, and then two this past weekend, um, 
I thought he knocked the rust off pretty well. He got, uh, you know, it's tough to, to go in, I'm sure, in that situation to begin with. He's, he goes in on his offside. We always hear about how easy it is to play with Chris Tanev, so I'm not sure that, you know, that's a huge, um, you know, a, a huge hardship to slide over to the offside with him. But uh, I, I thought... I thought he did what you would expect or, or kind of the most you could ask out of a guy who's really been collecting dust for, for three months. And, and yet, in all fairness to, to Michael Stone, they certainly missed Oliver Shillington. They missed that, um, that ability to jump into the rush. They, they missed, uh, you know, some of the threat that I think Oliver Shillington can be in terms of, of joining the attack. And uh, it, it was not another example for me of how valuable Oliver Shillington has become uh, to this team because, you know, two games without him and, and you could tell they missed him a lot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, other takeaways from the weekend. It, it was funny. There was a lot of uh, rinse repeat of that Detroit game from the earlier one in Detroit. It was Lindholm one nothing, and Markstrom shuts the door. Uh, three, three nothing shutout win. That was a thorough effort. Uh, Top linesman nails. What other takeaways have you had of late? You know, I just thought over the weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I just thought you could see the buy-in. I, I really, and, and we've been talking about that all year, but, you know, that game against Detroit is a little bit of a trap. And, and even when you're only up one nothing after the first, you know, it, it's a game where, or sorry, after, after two, um, it's a game where some, frustrations can really start to seep in I think and the, the way that they kind of hung in there and uh, you know continued to to take it to them for so much of the night I thought was impressive and then and then sort of a different type of stick with it for me last night I, I, I don't think they had it and and they can tell it as well as anyone you know I'm, I'm sitting at home watching on my TV and if I don't think they're sharp then I know they can feel it so um, you know, I, I thought the fact that they got 22 shots on Darcy Kemper in that third period, the fact that, that they really went toe-to-toe with what a lot of people think is the NHL's best team uh, at the tail end of five and seven uh, was really impressive. And, and I just think it shows not only the buy-in, but the belief. Like, these, this group could really do something. And, and I think they can tell. I think, you know, they, they've really kind of, embrace the structure and what it allows them to do. And, and I thought as much as we've talked about that all season, it probably shone through for me as much over the weekend as it ever has. I'd agree with you. And I think when you add in not only that this sort of winning formula that of a body and group, that's got some cushion at the top of the division, but the uncertainty of next year, like there's a lot of things that aren't in pen on next year's roster. Um, it, it does feel like, Okay, this this might be their best shot with this group. It might not. They might have you know two, three more in the next few years, but it might be. There, it feels like chips in, doesn't it? I think it has to. I, I think the chips go in for for two reasons. I think the chips go in because um, you know there's a lot of teams in the NHL that don't want to see you in a seven game series. You're in a division that wasn't a murderer's row to begin with, and and now the two teams we thought were going to be the top two teams in the division uh, are, are going to be fighting tooth and nail just to get into the playoffs. So, you know, your, your opportunity to, to do some damage in the playoffs is one reason to go chips in uh, as you put it. And the other is, I think you, you make a statement to the guys that you're trying to keep. Um, 
you know, I, I think a couple of playoff rounds in the, and we talk about, wow, just go win a couple of playoff rounds. You know, that's been really hard for this franchise. So, you know, let's not make it sound like it's a given, but you know, if you can do something in the playoffs, I think that makes it just that much easier to keep John and Cadrill. I think it makes it that much easier to hammer out something long-term with Matthew Kachuk. I, I think we're probably past the hometown discount um, phase, but, uh, but it makes it easier to get something sorted with Andrew Mangiapane and, and with Oliver Shillington and, and to try and figure out how you're going to get all these guys signed and keep them in the fold uh, with maybe some limited cap space. So uh, I think for both reasons, the, the opportunity is kind of sitting right there. And, and I think they have to, they have to be all in it. And, and in saying that, cause I just heard you and Rhett, you know, throwing around some names, um, trade deadline wise, I'm not sure they need to do anything substantial to signify that they are chips in. I think the Tyler and Foley trade was that. And, and um, you know, I, I'm as fascinated as anyone by what the next week brings on, on the trade front. Yeah, Rhett, maybe just th- your thoughts on that because they certainly, uh, I- you move a first, you know, it's okay, this is big time. But I think your point would be okay, well, if you've done that, like, don't go hanging on to prospects now, then, right? Well, that's just it. Where are you at? And do you have to move Monahan out to be able to bring it back? And what's the cost of that? What are the pro- what are the Flames prospects uh, looked at from across the league? Are they are they high prospects? Can those guys bring you guys back, or or are they? I, I I'm curious as to what tools they have, or or what they can use to bring guys back here if they want to do it. Yeah, I think there's there's two at the top of the list, and and everything that that I can gather is they'd be really hesitant to move either of these two assets, and that's Jacob Pelche, who you know is one of the leading scorers uh, as a rookie in the American Hockey League, uh, first year pro, obviously a first round pick um, a couple of years ago, three year or 2019 it would have been. Uh, Jacob Pelche would be the the biggest name on their prospect board. And then, uh, as you guys talked about, the first-round pick in 2023, which, you know, is not only a deep draft, but is a year that you don't have the roster certainty we just talked about. So, you know, the Flames would would love this to be the start of a a run where, you know, maybe you are picking in the 20s in the drafts. And and that's always a good sign because it means you had a good hockey team. But... You know, if if Johnny Gaudreau sees greener grass elsewhere and is gone, and, and you know other changes happen on the roster, and or or you run into injuries or whatever, and suddenly you don't have your first round pick, and and you're picking a little higher than you anticipated, uh, in what is expected to be a really good draft, then you know that's something you don't want to run into either. And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for exactly that reason you have an, a, a real opportunity to make a run uh and yet i'm sure everyone is asking about one of those two assets pelche or the first rounder 2023 uh, especially in returns for you know one of the sort of prized names on the the trade board and and i don't know that they're willing to budge on that i mm-hmm. i think i think a lot of it probably like i, I think I certainly expected, and I think a lot of people expected when they made the Toffoli trade that that they kind of expected some of the other teams in the West to make a move shortly thereafter, you know, 
here, here's the start of it. Okay. You know, who's doing what now? And it's been, it's been really quiet. And I, I think a lot of it could depend what other contenders in the Western conference maybe, maybe do in the lead up to the deadline as well. Yeah, no, I think there's something to that. I think all these teams, like we're flat cap here with this, with this COVID uh, lost revenue. And so the longer you wait, the more cap space you have, the easier it is to get deals done. I think we're also waiting for a lot of teams to determine whether they're sellers or not in the West, certainly in the East. We know the eight in and the eight that are out. Uh, and then on top of that, like, yeah, what's the market going to be? Like, the, no one wants to set the market low if you're a seller, and no one wants to set the market high if you're a buyer. Uh, but eventually, that uh, that clock ticking to 11.59, teams got to get some deals done. But you're right. Like, it's been nothing since Foley in terms of big swaps for contenders, right? We've seen some minor tweaks, what with Toronto and getting rid of Nick Ritchie's money and bringing in a you know, third-string goalie. But, like, we really haven't seen another blockbuster, have we? No, we really haven't. And and I think, you know, there are more sellers than usual, which I think, um, you know, I think complicates the, the market a little bit. But at the same time, you know, as you guys were chatting about in the last segment, you know, I was kind of scrolling through, looking at the center options, looking at some other, you know, there's also not a lot, there's not a lot of huge prizes that I see um, on that market. And I think that, that complicates things a little bit further in the sense of it doesn't seem to me like in previous years, sometimes you had six teams trying to get the same guy or you had three or four teams, you know, really all targeting the same guy. Like I I think you've got a little bit more spread out market where teams feel like they could eventually get the guy they're targeting without getting into um, the same kind of bidding war that wouldn't maybe apply for a Giroux. Although, even if even if you want one of these big guys, if you you know with the cap considerations, how many teams can really be in on something like that? And so, um, you know, I, I think that could get us down to more of a last minute deadline this year, mm-hmm. just just because you know, just because hey, we kind of like this guy best, and they kind of like this guy best, and maybe maybe the sellers can't drive up the price like they've been able to in years past. The other thing I think about is that this offseason, we saw move after move after move with uh, Sutter and Living putting their heads together. Okay, here's how we want to play. Here's the type of player we need. And it wasn't splashy, big-name pickups, but it was guys that fit the system and that played the way that Daryl wants to play. Like, I guess we probably shouldn't be surprised if they go find, like, a third-line guy that kills penalties, that, you know, is bigger and physical and... Like, if, if, if I always look at the track record, and it's like that was what their offseason was. There was no, like, wow, look at this pickup. It was like, okay, well, that feels like a Daryl guy. Oh, yeah, that, that guy's played for Sutter. Yep, that guy is a Sutter hockey. Oh, that feels like a Daryl guy. Right? So maybe there's more of that, if anything. Well, and it's where I keep twisting in the wind on the, the Ben Sherratt rumors because, you know, we keep hearing it. We You know, it seems like, for by all accounts, they tried to get him in the Tyler Foley trade. Um, you know, it, it sounds Pierre LeBron reported yesterday that they're still kicking tires on him. And, and Ben Sherratt's a good player. I don't see that the blue line is exactly where the biggest upgrade is needed. I mean, but but then as I try and talk myself out of Ben Sherratt, it's like, well, this is exactly the kind of guy that Daryl that Daryl would yeah. want. This this is exactly what they built their team around. Um, and so I, I absolutely agree with you to, you know, to take it back to the forwards that it might just be that if you don't go get a, a Giroux, you know, or if you don't 
try to pry away a guy who can make your second line, let's say, better. Well, at that point, I think what you're basically doing is adding another depth center. You know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll hear names like Callie Yarncroke, a guy who's sort of bounced between wing and center in Seattle. You know, I'm sure as this contract stuff in, in Ottawa plays out, maybe you'll hear Nick Paul's name pop up. But, mm-hmm. but those guys are really just adding another depth center. I, I don't know that they're necessarily making a certain line instantly better. Um, and, and so as, as you weigh those two options, I, I think where a depth center would make the most sense is if, if Daryl says, hey, that's exactly the kind of piece I'm looking for, and, and that's what we don't know. Boy, Nick Paul feels like a, a Daryl guy. That's a big body, and he can play the middle. He's 25. Um, yeah, that's. I, I don't know. We've heard that name a bit too. There's been like I want to say like five to six names we've heard a ton about, and that, that just feels like a fit in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he would uh, he would fit that sort of mold uh, in a lot of ways. You know, plays plays a hard nosed physical game. Just just you know the the times I see him crosses me as as one of those guys who might not jump out at you, but, uh, you know, is just reliable. He's just kind of there. And, you know, another name and, and a very different player than Nick Paul, but another name I, I've been wondering about lately is, you know, whether whether they have any interest in a guy like Paul Stastny um, and whether Winnipeg is, is ready to, you know, as they, I think they're only four points out right now. So, so maybe they're not ready to make any deals, but, you know, there's another guy who's been around the block, uh, you know, more than twice, I think still has a, a little bit left, um, you know, certainly could could potentially help help your power play. And, and so I'm curious if that's a name that, that might appeal. But there's a big drop off from Giroux to, you know, if we're not talking about Tom, Tomas Hurdle, then there's a big drop off from Giroux to, to anybody else. No, I'd agree. Yeah. And, and Hurdle's interesting. If, if the Sharks can't keep a guy like that, who who can you keep? Um so I wonder if he even goes. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're you're now into the okay. What's on sale aisle at the the trade deadline store? Um, Giroux's going to be a bidding war, but there's going to be a lot of okay. Yarn Croak here, Stastny there. Is is Cop healthy? What is he worth? What about a depth forward here? You know, Nick Paul. What's he worth? Yeah, kind of feels like yeah that third line center hole or second line center hole, depending how sexy you want to get, is what they might address if anything. I mean, when the trade deadline comes and goes next Monday, I think if they've added, uh, you know, potential fourth left-handed defenseman, you know, a a guy who can be waiting in the wings in case of an injury, uh, and they've added a depth center um, and not given up Jacob Pelche and not given up, you know, their first-round pick next year, uh, I that you know that's what I'm betting on now. You know, if there's an opportunity to do something bigger, you know, Brad Trilliving is going to take a swing at it. But, but, you know, he is also, I think, going to be hesitant to to pay a huge price. And, and so I imagine probably, you know, we're sitting here in uh, a week and change interviewing a, a couple of depth pieces as opposed to, you know, a, another really big ticket acquisition. And especially because that's probably a guy you're not going to be able to keep after the season. And, right. and that hasn't been how you know, the flames under Brad Living have operated. Uh, Wes Gilbertson with us from Post Media. Which flame is the best lock for hardware at the end of the year? Is it Markstrom Vesna? Is it a Selkie for Lindholm? Is it the Jack Adams or Daryl Sutter? If you had to go uh, place some money in Vegas, which trophy for which flame is the best bet? 
you know, I'd probably put money on uh, the Jack Adams for Daryl Sutter and, and only because I, I think Shesterkin probably has to be the, you know, far and away front runner for the Vesna. Um, <clears throat> Jacob Markstrom is absolutely deserving of being in that conversation. I, I think should probably be a finalist if the season ended today, but uh, I'm not sure I'd put money on him winning it just because of Shesterkin. And then I think it's going to be, Elias Lindholm to me is having a selkie caliber season. I mean, some of the things he's doing on that top line, like he's just had a remarkable season for the flames. And yet, um, you know, Patrice Bergeron is maybe having a better than Patrice Bergeron season. And this is a, this is a guy who it might as well, you know, with all due respect to Frank J. Selkie, it might as well be the Patrice Bergeron award at this point. And, um, and so, I wonder about, you know, while I think Elias Lindholm has has a heck of a case to win the Selkie, I, I just wonder if he's going to be able to get more votes than Patrice Bergeron, especially, again, if the season ended today. And so uh, for that reason, I, I think probably your best bet is Daryl Sutter and the, the Jack Adams. I'm with you, and I like the way you handicapped the Selkie too. I just think it is an award that there's a lot of reputation in there and Bergeron's having a great year. And if you're really talking about Lindholm's year, it's I don't think he's way better defensively than he's been. I think it's the offense that's popped, which isn't what the award's about, but it also kind of is in a weird way. I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's a tougher one for him than Daryl, I think, is your one runaway favorite. Like who 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 else can be near him in that Jack Adams talk? I I don't know. Like I just don't yeah. I see some yeah. decent arguments, but nothing close. Yeah, and it's such a it, it, I, the the only one that would be close for me, and and now you're not comparing, um, you know, similar situations at all. But I I think what Andrew Brunette's done to, um, you know, kind of keep keep that thing on the tracks in Florida with everything that uh, that happened and and Joel Quenville's you know resignation, um, I, I I think you could make a case for him, but but it's Daryl Sutter right now for me, and and more. So than any award, I think, you know, the Jack Adams is certainly going to be determined by what the standings end up looking like. But if the Flames, um, you know, go from a non-playoff team to a division winner and especially doing it in the fashion that they have. Um, and I don't think Daryl, and not saying this this factors in, but just adding to, to this, I don't think Daryl's actually ever won the Jack Adams, uh, which is amazing for how much success he's had as a, a coach and um I really do think this could be the year for sure. All right. So how's the day going? You got no practice to cover. You're just wall to wall players right now, aren't you? You're just golf all day on your couch watching golf. You know, I'd love to tell you that, uh, Oh no, I've got all this other big stuff going on, but yeah, I'll probably settle in for about six or seven hours. And, uh, <laughs> I found the golf a little hard to watch, uh, you know, over the weekend when too many guys were hitting shots like me, uh, in those brutal conditions. But, uh, I'm excited to watch today. The leaderboard is an absolute cluster, so uh, I think it should be a ton of fun. Well, and, and there is some people love that. When, when the best in the world look like hacks, okay, now you got me. I'll watch. Like 17 on Saturday for me, I couldn't peel my eyes away. It was, it was too good. Guys just looking like you and I, cutting fat divots, throwing it in the lake. Like that, we can do that. That's awesome. And, and you know what the you know what the amazing thing is, and I think this puts it in perspective. Like you you see a guy, you know, dunk one in the lake on seventeen, and you know you you see a guy, 
you know, hit whatever, you know, you see the Xander Shoffley. I don't even know if you'd call it a worm burner because it got caught in the rough so quickly. But then you look, you know, all these guys are still under par. Like, it's at, they're, they're hitting those shots, and then, you know, it's like, oh, birdie, birdie to recover from it. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. in conditions, like, I'd play golf in just about anything. I would not have played TPC Sawgrass on Saturday. Yeah, they'll look no fun at all. Hey, thanks no. for joining us. Good fun. Uh, enjoy the golf, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Have a great day, boys. All right, there's Wes Gilbertson, Post Media, uh, All Things Flames, and uh, Harold Sun, all that good stuff. Uh, retro, if you, the, that's 17. I don't think it's long, but I think it's nasty. I think that's a nightmare. How many tries do you need to put that thing on the green? Oof. I don't know. Like, even if it's dead calm, no wind, I'm probably three. So there were more quad, quadruple bogeys than birdies there the other day. Like, best players in the world. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And Wes said it. The conditions were just absolutely nutso. They had uh, the flags are flapping one way. It's swirling. It's going the other. Like, 20 of 48 guys put it in the drink at one point. Best players in the world, they say. Crazy. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. A lot of reaction on the trade deadline front. Send us your thoughts. Monday, next week, seven days, uh, will be the deadline. It's a late one. We know more than often we do at the deadline. There's still a few teams in the West that have to say, are we selling? Are we buying? What are we up to? The East has been sorted since Christmas, it seems like, even earlier. So uh, we'll, we'll discuss your thoughts. Also, a little what you want to talk about. And Rick Ball, the TV voice of the Flames, coming up in uh, about half an hour's time with Matty Rose. That's all ahead. Sports at 960, The Fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder and Rhett Warner on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, turn his mic on. Turn Matty's on here. Uh, Matt Rose, is uh, he's jumped in. He's going to join us, take over Flames Talk, <laughs> hour zero, Matty. Yes, sir. Rhett, say morning to Matty. What's happening, Matty? Retro, I miss you, pal. How are you? You missed out. Oh, oh, life's pretty good. Yeah. We did a Sports at 960 Degenerates Conference on the weekend. Oh, yeah. We all got all the clowns together. Almost. Mm. It, uh, John Bender's birthday, and then uh, next thing you know, there was a bunch of 960 clowns at last call at a different pub. I don't know how that happened. Steiny, your boy, Rhett, and Maddie and I, and some other hockey lugans. It's good times. Go to bed, fellas. Sheepers. Ah, sleep when you're dead. What the heck? The uh, the off-air conversations are often better than the on-air, which is why everyone's so pissed you're not in studio, Rhett. That's why Boomer really hates you mm-hmm. these days. Um, mm-hmm. Maddie turns to me and says, hey, what's, uh, what's, what's the deal with this Kikuchi? So I'm like, oh, you know, he's a lefty, throws hard. I think there's four pitches. We'll see. Kind of like maybe some similar traits as Robbie Ray, hard throwing lefty. He's like, oh, okay. And then he pauses and like, you know what I really want to know? How tight are those pants he's wearing? That's uh, a big question, really. And so my answer was, well, <laughs> unlike Robbie Ray, he could probably smuggle some sunflower seeds in his pockets. This guy, like, he's going to have normal fitting pants, I fear. We're going to miss Robbie Ray's tight pants. <laughs> yeah, Southpaw tight pants, right? Oh, I'm going to miss him. <laughs> Right, you gonna come uh, with opening day? Come, come watch some baseball with us. I'm gonna go to opening day. I think you fly to Toronto. They missed you out there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Why, absolutely, why not? What day is it? 
Uh, the 8th. So it's a Friday. Roger Center. I'm busy. Oh, you're busy on the 8th. Busy that day. What do you got on the 8th? I actually might be in Buffalo for that. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that a family trip or you got uh, the Sabres hiring assistant coaches? What's Alumni corporate challenge. Got to go uh, Ooh, dominate. Really? Okay. So you're in the good books with the alum. We're just not sure about the owner. Is that where we're at there? Yeah, I don't think the owner likes me, but that's okay. <laughs> really doesn't know me either. So. Well, once he knows Get you, to know a guy. Seriously, Get I'm a beauty. Know. Good in the room. Come on, Terry. Come on, Kim. Get to know your rat, huh? Um, Maddie's got the reins for nine o'clock, and we asked you for your thoughts on deadline day. We're a week away. Text line 960-960. Hey, guys, what would it look like to try to get one of those big centers, Giroux or Hurdle, but also Monaghan's money going the other way to make the deal work? Like, that's the other thing we talk about, how expensive these guys are going to be. Then you're going to ask them to eat a bit of money. Ooh. Like, I, I just – Wes said it. If you want to keep next year's first rounder and you want to keep Jacob Pelche, everything else has to go into the bin, right? Wolf, Zary, Coronado. Like, it's going to be multiple, multiple prospects, picks. I, I don't know that they're going to be able to put together a package better than other teams for those guys if those guys hit the market. I think Giroux will. I don't know that Hurdle will. That's my fear. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Hard to argue. Hey guys, JT JT Miller, go get him, make it happen. Whoa, is he playing yeah. some hockey? He's too good. Why are you trading this guy? <laughs> Why are you trading him? Why are you trading this guy? Don't you keep good players? Isn't that the idea? Usually, that's I don't know. Yeah. If he goes, it's going to be a haul, and he's that's exactly what Jim Rutherford wants. He wants to have the name out there. So that someone knows they're going to have to blow the doors off to get them. Like, could you pry one of those really good young prospects off the Rangers roster out? You have a reunion with the Ranger, maybe. But I just think at the end of the day, you got a year left on that. You don't have to trade them now. They're playing well. Um, they're they're certainly not close to being a playoff team. But the, the, since what the beginning of the since Bruce came in, they've been one of the better teams in the NHL. Don't you have to? Yeah. Ride it out I if there's no like, deadline here? I think you do. I mean there there is next year. Like you Yeah, you do have to play the games and you know, draw yeah. fans and compete in a division next year. Like you could use that guy next year. And if it doesn't go good well next year, yeah, absolutely. By all means, hold an auction at the deadline. You'll still get tons for him. Think. Still trade him then. Yeah. Uh hey guys, get Monahan on L T I R from all that fighting last week. We'll be good to go. Yeah. Uh, he is. He's getting it would feisty. Be nice if he could find he's getting feisty. To, he's frustrated. I've liked his he play really on the wall. I, 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 <laughs> he I really didn't the other night. do anything, did he? Well, he ran over. Uh, what? It was McKinnon. They didn't like that. He ran into. Over might be strong. Okay. Fair. Hey, guys, I love the way Monahan's playing right now. I had a dream that he hit Stamkos from behind and then turtled during the fight. Mm. It was Stamkos, not McKinnon. That's right. In the wrong game, thinking. I, I don't mind him as a four-line center. He just makes too much money. That's a problem. It's I, I have zero complaints about his game where he slotted. If this was a guy called up from Stockton yeah. and his name was Bill Tewilliger, you'd be like, wow, love this fourth-line center. 
I know he's not the best skater, but look at him work at the walls. He's, he's fitting in. But because he used to score 30 in center of the top line, everyone feels differently, right? It's just the perspective. Uh, morning, guys. What about Monaghan in a third for Max Domi? I don't want Max Domi a Daryl Sutter guy. I don't know about that. I don't want Max Domi. Yeah, what's Max Domi doing these days? Some yeah. people keep texting in about Max Domi, and it's like, well, what are you getting? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like you need to know what you're getting. I have no this clue. Time. He's been a healthy scratch in Columbus this year. In Columbus. And with Torts gone. Post-Torts healthy scratch. If he couldn't play for Torts, I don't know that he's going to play for Daryl, folks. Uh, hey, Rhett, do you still have your little black book from your Sabres days? That's coming in on the text line. Hmm. No. I think that was a thing. People had little black books, but then cell phones, you could keep the number. So, hmm. uh, Guys, just checked it on the odds. Daryl is plus 125 to win the Jack Adams. Rod the Bod, second at uh, plus 300. I hadn't thought about Rod. It's a good year. It's what we expected from Carolina. He barred down. That's how it is. <laughs> Love those Canes fans. Very passionate. Up. Top. Barred down. Excitable, those fans. I, I think Burnett gets votes. I think he gets votes. I think Gerard Gallant in New York gets some love, although I think it's more the goalie than the coach there. Doesn't mean the coach I, is doing a bad job. Rod the Bard. Yeah, Rod the Rod will be in there. Daryl. Uh, guys, moving Monaghan's money feels cost prohibitive. Team also likes him. Uh, could that be the type of move that upsets the room? Rhett? I don't. No, I think if, I if, if Monahan is going out, a good player like is coming in, right? You, you, yeah, you have to remember that people get traded in this world, and it's not the. Who was I talking to the other day? It was a player? No, it was uh, Jamie McCowan. Like, where both of us are like, people get traded, like. And, and, you know, people act fans and stuff here from outside. They're like. Oh, trade, like it's the end of the world. These poor guys, it's like, it's not a big deal. Yes, it's upsetting for a while and it's uh, adds some stress to life, but guys get traded all the time. Like, mm -hmm. Shipping someone out is not, it could be of a huge benefit for Monahan. Maybe I keep saying, I think he should leave because he needs a fresh start. I said that about Bennett. Look how well he's doing. And yeah, we said a lot of things about Bennett, didn't we? It's a lot of things. He was pouting, not trying. So. Well, I, yeah, I don't know about the triometer, but the pout was real, right? And I get it. Like, Absolutely. Like, he, yeah. he in but, this city, was never able to shake that draft thing. If he was a second rounder, it wouldn't have mattered. But he was the highest pick in franchise history, at least since the team got to Calgary. So, whatever. Um, and here's the thing, like, if it was a 30-goal number one center, Johnny's line mate, boy, I think that would ruffle feathers. That ain't what Monahan is anymore, folks. No, and we're not in the room. And I, my opinion would be, and I, again, I'm not in the room, but my opinion would be he's not the guy holding the room together. I do think everyone likes him, but I don't think he's, if Monahan left, that the room would just, oh my, how are we going to get through this? Okay, here's one. So memory lane for you. Uh, you said, now this is the texter, not me. 
Uh, moving out Ference for Stewart was not a good move for your group. Walk us through that swap. Was it one for one? Were the two deals around the same time? Like Ference out, Stewart in. Well, I think it was the. Is that the one where you're on the bus and you it? literally pulled over on the side of the road and let them off? Yeah, Kobasu and Ference left to go for was it Primo and Stewart? It sounds about right. And so that would have been remember. the year I mean, after the lockout. You got to remember, it was the year after we just yeah, it was and we. <laughs> We'd gone to the finals because we had an extremely tight room. Right. And Ference, or, or and Stewart and, and Preems were both, I don't know. I feel like Primo was part of that. But good dudes, good guys, liked them, fit in, that's fine. Good players. Darrell wanted to make a change, but he did. I think it was a mistake to mess with that chemistry. Hmm. But you'd gone to the finals together. Right. So I'm looking. Right. Chuck Kobasu, 77 games. Was it the year after that? 06. Yeah. 05, 06. Huh. It was 05, 06. Was it? Anyway. But I guess that's sort of the, the whole thing. If, if we're not in the room, we don't know. We, we could guess. We, we know what the results are on the ice. We, we see what happens between puck drop and the end of the third period, but we, we don't know the relationships in the room. I honestly think with this group, they've had so little success in the postseason. Anything that helps this group move forward into the second round or beyond, they're going to be keen on that. And if it if it takes losing a guy that you roomed with at one point or whatever, so be it. We got to win. Like that, that I I really have been impressed by that because I think this group's been labeled though a certain way. Well, oh, you can't win with these guys. They're not good in the spring. It's not a playoff group. All that la 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 la. But I just look at the buy-in for Daryl. I think the buy-in is because they want to win. They see that it could work. 100%. And we're, it's fun to play the, the, the trade deadline game. They might not have the assets to go after a big name. Then moving Monaghan out, might, you're right, it might be cost prohibitive. Like, mm. I don't know. But I sure would like if Thomas Hurdle came here. I think guys would like Thomas Hurdle. Uh, Tom, right? really like Tom. A good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, look at this Tom, eh? Right. Well, you can Claude shoot it too, eh? Hey, love Claude Drew. Love Claude. Yeah, good passer. Yeah, right on. Uh, and I'm looking at it. It was 06, 07. So it was the second year after uh, the lockout. So you, you go to the okay. cup final, 03, 04. 04, 05 gets washed out. 05, 06. Ference plays a full year with Calgary, lose to Anaheim, and then it's 06 07, 54 games in Calgary, 26 with Boston. So that was the year. But to your point, very central figures in that group that went to the cup final, he and Kobasu. And it didn't turn out for either, I don't think. A fourth but rounder I don't in think 08 the, and Wayne Primo. Nobody wanted to see Chucky and, and Ference leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he understood that it's part of the business, but no one wanted to see him go. But I also think that that team was on a different trajectory. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's here's the, the interesting tie, and it was Kobasu and Ference for Primo Stewart and a fourth rounder in 08, who famously became TJ Brody. So you won the deal, right? How about that? Hey, you said to wait a while. Absolutely won the deal. Love the deal. Fourth rounder, TJ Brody. There's a good pick right there. Hey, 
Oh boy, Todd Button. Do that a few more times. Yeah, Levin Johnson's pretty well played. Ruzicka, what fourth rounder? Nine's Panny, sixth rounder. Dustin Wolf, seventh rounder. Love those late picks. Tr- just trade back, hey Red. Just trade all your first and seconds, or just get late picks. <laughs> Dozens of them. Just bold outside <laughs> no, the box thing. I'm not sure. Uh, hey Red, did you I'm almost get that philosophy? Yeah, no, I'm not. Sorry, I, I tease. Uh, did Red? Did you almost get traded in your career? That's a text. Uh, he yeah, twice. Right there, you go. Was it, but it was off seasons or ever in season? I think it was both off season trades. No, I was the first one was in season trade deadline day. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll revisit that this week. It's clearly the off season. You had to come save the flames, right? They're having the save the flames rallies. You showed up. Well, I was already flames. in town, so I might no, as stampede. well. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the Cowboys tent, guys. Uh, maybe I'll be sober by one or two. I'll come over, sign those documents, and away we go. <laughs> right? Don't bother me. It's stampede. <laughs> yeah, let's talk after this. This is over. I'm going to smell yeah. better when this is over. Let let's me... not waste our time. I don't want to leave a bad impression. These boots have been stuck on for three days. Um, okay, let's close out the show. Final bit of work is uh, what you want to talk about. We do that for Calgary. Lock and safe. Calgary Lock and Safe. Oh, you want to play that or not play it? You want to make it? Talking about. Talking about. Talking about. There's still a line there. I think. Oh, yeah, it's just above. Uh, you can go ahead and read it. I can't see uh, it. I don't know. It's, uh, it's above the UNICEF, yeah, uh, below the, the motor work. Oh, above. Why would it be there? I got game in a minute. I got game in a minute. I got what you want to talk about. What you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy, Patrick? I wish. Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks for your wishful pharmacy to meet those new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Uh, hey, guys, what happens next with Valimaki? A tough year. He's right? going to spend year. some time in the minors learning how to play. Yeah, I think they're going to play the crap out of him there. This is what he needs to do. It's not, okay. Not great. It's okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's not what you want to see, but the the way to fix it is is definitely not bringing him up. It's it's play the crap out of him at the American League level, right? Hundred percent. There's no, yeah, there's no. They're winning there. He's got all situations. Um. This show sucks without Boom. Hey, guys, great job. Back-to-back text. All right, thanks, guys. There you go. Uh, Vietnamese food, right? Yes or no? Absolutely. Oh, I love good pho. Like, some of the like best. Vietnamese sub. Some of the best food out there. Oh. Is that cilantro they put on the sub? What a move. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Oh, and the, the, the long, yeah. the, what is they call it, julienne carrot? The old carrots, oh. yeah. Carrot on a sandwich, Spices. who knew? Soup. Yes, we're in for that. They have uh, carrot and subways in Australia or what? New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Facts. More facts like that coming up with Flames Talk with uh, Matty Rose <laughs> in a matter of minutes. Prove it, Matty. Prove it. Uh, hey, guys, you got to address this Boomer thing. He's missing. What is he? What's going on? Well, Boomer's not well. He'll be back when he's well. I think mentally he's well. I mean, as well as he can be, right? Right. Seems yeah, I mean, it's yeah. never been a strong suit. No, but yes. no, but he's been worse mentally. Yeah, physically, he's not that well. Yeah. Although he's in great shape these days. He's, yeah, you know, he's Someone's great. Asking he's so good, he's taking time off. It feels weird to come in when he's feeling this good. That's what we're saying. Um, 
Do the Flames need to pick up a captain for the playoffs? Rhett, does, at this point, they've had the season they've had. They've got A's. They've got no C on a jersey. There's no way they start putting letters on fabric now, right? Only for uh, to to go pick up the cup when they win. Right. They need someone to go up there. There is going to have to be someone that goes first. That but, would be but, awesome. No, and that's BS. Everyone. There's no captain. We're all, let's go be the best. I would love that. Have a team without a captain go up. Everyone gets it. Who would go get it first? There's a question for you. Uh, yeah. I guess you'd have to see how it plays my, out. But I might give it to my goaltender. Goalie, go get the cup first. That would be cool to see. Didn't three guys right. accept the cup in 89, technically? Oh. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's... Because uh, uh, wow. wasn't dressed, and Land, they shared the... They swapped the... Howdy Duma, come with the hits today. Love it. Hey, you know, it, you know, every... Like, Lanny was on Jeff Merrick last week. Every 30 years, you know, we got to cycle it through. 32 teams now, it's been how long now, so... Yeah, just average every 30... Yeah, just, yeah that's every what it is. Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay doesn't agree with you. No, not that. Either Chicago or... Yeah, L.A. didn't LA. seem to care it was for a that. Bad, it was a bad take from Lanny, but... <laughs> Uh, that was a good interview, by the way. He Are you telling Lanny to shut up? He was, yeah, he's Jeez. talking about his Hungry Man TV commercials with Merrick. There's some I had good to stuff go YouTube, in there. but I was yeah, I know. pretty good. I've never seen it before. Uh, guys, make sure you book Rob Ray this week. He can talk about the crowd comment Eichel made. Also, you want to hear about Okotoks boy Peyton Krebs, or Curbs as he's written here. Peyton Curbs. We got to get Ray on. Text him now. Ask him Thursday, Friday. One of those two days work. Okay. That's your homework for the day, right? I probably won't ask. I probably won't ask for Friday. Fair. Let's make Thursday work, shall we? Okay. Sounds good. Uh, that, my friends, is a rousing edition of what you want to talk about. For Calgary Lock and Safe, operate your locks with Patrick. the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Go ahead, Rhett. Uh, I, uh, Patrick, I recommend you do get a pharmacy. I think it would be great. I think I should. I think. I feel like you need some capital. Rhett knows a guy. Hey, sign your life for it. Let's go. Uh, the old Dumas Pharmacy. Uh, that'll do it for the show. Matty Rose, Flames Talk. See you tomorrow. Retro. Do your homework. Get Ray booked for Thursday. And uh, Rick Ball in moments with Matty Rose, Sports at 960 The Fan.